everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitella. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the United States of America, which let's be Love honest, it. that means it's probably bigger than any place else in the in the world, in the universe, ever, in space, right? There we go. Obviously. There we go. Okay. We really <laughs> little, little, we're coming full circle now. We're coming full circle now. <laughs> I was thinking that the, was that like a sort of callback to like an early episode? I feel like, like we the did first that. one. I want to yeah. say maybe this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Look at that. Uh, we release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So, <laughs> excuse me, I, lo- I ran out of air. If you need some updated coverage, check them out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Housekeeping matter too, before we get this train rolling, this podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check the show out, give it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. It helps the respective algorithms that are going to wipe us all out one day figure out how to put this show in front of more eyes, which is never a bad thing. But speaking of coming full circle, today our guest was actually the guest on our second ever episode, Betty Boros from Checks Notes and JBIA. <laughs> Say hi, let the audio only audience hear your voice. Hi there. Hi, Kate and Vinny. Thanks so much for having me on once again. Always a pleasure. It is indeed our pleasure. And by always, I mean once every 126 <laughs> episodes or so. <laughs> I feel loved, really. There you go. You should. You definitely should. So the format has changed a little bit. Uh, we start the. We used to start the show with um, an icebreaker that was awful or awesome. And it's been a while since we've done that. So now we talk about what we're binging. So um, today's icebreaker is what are we currently binging? And I'll go ahead and start because I, I binged something hard over the weekend and it wrecked me. And I did not expect it to wreck me. Good Omens 2 has my heart in a box. And Neil Gaiman is hitting the box with a hammer as we wow. speak. I loved it so much. And I loved the book that season one was based on. I didn't think there was any possible way season two could be better than season one. Wrecked. Wow. I didn't even know season two came out. It did. It did, huh? FYI. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a couple weeks ago. It was so good. He was so good. Amazing. They just did a Kickstarter for um they want to make like a graphic novel adaptation of the show and it 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 set some kind of record on Kickstarter by smashing its goal in 10 minutes or something. So that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. It's an amazing show. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> oh my god, you've never heard of it. Okay, okay, okay. Let me see if I can do this like 30 seconds or less synopsis. Sure. Okay, start so the clock. Season one is all about these two best friends, an angel and a demon, and they have been friends since the beginning of time. In fact, season one, episode one starts with the Garden of Eden and they bump into each other there. And the demon has just done, you know, exactly what you think he's done. He's led the humans astray. And the angel is like, oh, dear, this is not going to be good. She's expecting already. (laughs) They're out in the desert. It's, It's not great. And they continue to be friends for like centuries millennia until one day this ineffable plan comes together where the antichrist is going to be born in this little town in england (laughs) but there's a a case of switching babies so the antichrist goes home with the wrong family (laughs) and of course these two best friends are in the mix it is the most charming delightful wonderful beautiful and a feast for the eyes like the costumes are beautiful the scenery is beautiful highly i feel bad for that wrong family 
I know. <laughs> I know. Well, they uh, it all works out in the end because he was raised by good parents. He doesn't turn out to be as like anti-Christy. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a new adjective, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was wonderful. And season two was just perfection. So good. If Betty wants to watch it, where can she check it out? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Betty, Betty, what have you been binging? Uh, right now I am binging. I'm on season three of Emily in Paris. So oh. incredibly lighthearted. Yes. Uh, lots of good scenery. Lots of good, I'll call them costumes. Like you gotta love the fashion in that, but yeah, I, I, I think I was in a move something really light that I knew wasn't real. And I yeah. think it's more of a comedy than, than anything else because you know how not real it is. So yeah. And I think Pat Fields, who was the costume designer for Sex and the City, She's also the costume designer for that show. And so, you know, the outfits are amazing. Yeah. Yep. What, tell me about it. Like, what, what is the show about? I don't, I've never heard of it before. So Emily in Paris is about a young woman who um, is from Chicago. And I don't know whether she gets an internship or a work visa. But she goes over to Paris to work for a marketing company. And of course, she's she's perfect. So she's uh, every idea is absolutely fabulous and makes all this money for the company. But in the midst of that, there's a whole bunch of drama, you know, a bunch of boyfriends, uh, a lot of things that don't work out so good. Um, I don't know. It's a really good thing to sit back and watch. And I don't know, just kind of chill because where is it? It's really punchy. There's like they kind of make fun of themselves and they kind of make fun of society in the way that everything is not I don't know so she's you know she's got a roommate and she's like lost her job and she's like oh what am I going to do and and the roommate's comment is like I don't know but where am I going to live if you don't have any money (laughs) (laughs) where is it where's it placed no like where do you watch it uh Netflix it's on Netflix because there's so many of these like things nowadays yeah there is All right, Ben, what are you watching? I'm going to make this really quick because I just got back from vacation, so I haven't been binging anything. I, I did see the new Little Mermaid. That's that's about as uh, far as I got <laughs> oh! binging anything. Yeah. So I've been so curious. I don't have kids, so nobody's ever pushing me toward Disney. Um, did you see was... the original Little Mermaid? Oh, my God. Over and over and over <laughs> okay. again. I haven't, I haven't memorized. I could, like, belt sure. out a thing or two if you have sure. I'm not going to do that to you. How was the music? Did they add anything to the story? Did they change anything? What is, give me the play by play. All right. So I would say that it's probably the best of their live action remakes that they've done. Like, I feel like they've made a lot of questionable choices in these live action remakes. Like, um, the, the Beauty and the Beast one, there was a lot of auto-tuning going on. Yeah. Um, Aladdin, I think the, the singing was probably so bad that they they turned the volume on the music all the way up and the lyrics all the way down. So I was like, I, you can't even hear them singing. Like, is that on right. purpose? Are they just right. that ashamed? Um, the Lion King, they cast Beyonce as Nala, which is a weird choice when you think about the fact that Beyonce is one of the best singers in the world and Nala doesn't have any songs. So, you know, like there's that. Um, So this one, I mean, there was, there was no auto tuning that I could hear. It was all sung very well. If I have one criticism and one criticism only, it's that the little mermaid in 1989 was like 80 something minutes long. And this was almost two and a half hours long. And none of the added material felt necessary. It was just oh. like, let's just add in stuff to give everybody a song. And, you know, like, yeah. Eh. 
And it's still meant for like children, right? What what kids watch two and a half hour movies? Yeah, that was the thing. Um, we were watching it with the kid and she fell asleep. I want to say like two thirds of the way through. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but that that's what I I I I, I want to watch some stuff, but I haven't really sunk into anything just yet. You know, I'll I'll find my way to something sooner or later. But in the meantime, I'd love to hear what Betty does for a living. Not that I don't know, because you know, we're all one big happy family at BIA. But for the sake of our audience, who maybe like hasn't been, you know, memorizing the second episode of our show from six, seven years ago, I'd love to hear. <laughs> well, so I, I joke a lot of the times because I sit in the background, um, but I'm one of the executive leaders here um, with oversight over membership and partnership and programs. And, and my goal is always to um, make sure that we're kind of talking the same talk and that we're, um, you know, we know what one arm of the organization is doing and that we're connecting them through our membership campaigns, the partnerships that we have, the events and the programs that we do. Um, so events keep us very busy, but so does membership. Um, it changes every day. It's a far different life than the one I led beforehand, uh, before BIA, when I was in the public sector and I would call a business and they didn't want to hear from me. Um, and now <laughs> I get to help businesses in all different kinds of ways. So, um, it's, uh, it's pretty gratifying. It's a lot of work and that's okay. Um, but it's really, really gratifying. I get to talk to a lot of people all the time. I think a lot of people don't know this, but you're a scientist. Like your work in the public sector was like PhD level science. Yeah. So yeah, a scientist um, for the Department of Environmental Protection, uh, which was a great job. I was there. Well, I'm not going to tell you how many years I was there. I was there a long time. Um, <laughs> and um, but I always tell, you know, I, I get asked a lot just because I'm a scientist who now manages, you know, what really why, why do I do this? And why I'm not back in the science space and, you know, science space, you know, I got a little bit burnt out, but I will always say to people, if you want a degree, that's going to, um, I guess, make you very versatile, a science degree will do that because there's so much high level thinking, but so much, you know, really down and dirty analytics in it that be able to do those, both of those things and pull them together and get answers out of it is just, uh, it's rewarding. And I use a lot of that here, even with the project management that I do. I what was, field of, oh, on. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, you totally, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. The high level thinking and the down and dirty and analysis, we do that together all the time with events and stuff. Sorry, Vinny, go ahead. No, I was going to say what field of science. <laughs> you you did such a better job of actually pulling it to what we do at BIA. So now I feel now I feel ashamed. <laughs> no, <laughs> my degree was marine science. I okay. thought dolphins. It's not what I did. Um, ended up more in you know human health and um, public health and environmental protection. Um, but again, it's the foundation that you that you build and utilize. Yeah. What made you go into marine science? I. Was so, it the dolphins? It, what, part of it was the dolphins, the but dolphins, I yeah. really wanted to do marine research. Um, so I think when I was in college, I thought I was going to end up living on an oil platform, working for, you know, some large oil company, you know, getting all kinds of neat samples to analyze and figure out what's going on. And yeah, that's not where I ended up. Okay. There's still what, um, so, okay. So tell me about like, okay, so the opportunity to go to BIA comes along. What makes you think like, okay, I'm done with the Marine science thing. I want to do, let's say events and partnerships. And I, I don't, that wasn't even really what you did when you first got here, but 
it wasn't. Yeah. I have really evolved. So, I mean, I've been here, so I guess going on nine years now, yeah. nine years in November. Um, BIA is very different now than it was when I got here. So we were, we've been an evolving organization for some time. Uh, our separation from the, the formal agreement with NJM, of course, they're a really, really great partner, but you know, we're sponsor no of this show. Thank you That's very much. Right. That's right. <laughs> Um, but we are no longer a gateway to their insurance product, which is fine. It's a business model that didn't work for either of us anymore. Um, but it's forced us to evolve. And of course, you know, we're 113 years old, right? If I did math right. Um, and, uh, you know. Yeah, I just double evolved. checked it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> 1910. An Excel spreadsheet, right? <laughs> Um, but businesses and the economy have changed. I mean, look at just how much the economy in the world has changed in the last five years pre post COVID. So um, my role here has evolved as BIA has evolved. You know, when I got here, we had very different programs and services. Um, you know, we're doing things now that we didn't do when I got here. And, and uh, all of that is good. All of that is really good. And we left some things aside, too, that didn't that didn't make sense anymore. So, you know, yeah. I, I was just going to say, um, speaking of events, because uh, we were just a tiny bit, we, we left um, what I would call a sacred cow behind recently. And I'm not going to name the name of the event because some people might have strong feelings about it. But <laughs> I've never been so happy to walk out of a meeting after pleading my case and convincing people that we didn't need this event anymore. It made my heart sing. <laughs> it did. It made me so happy. And the thing me too, is, really, me too. The thing is, and for real, the, the thing is that events take up a lot of space in our, our head, you know, that that high level thinking, but they also take a lot of work, like physical work, thought work and physical work. Um, and our biggest event of the year is coming up in September. And that's the thing that I really wanted to talk to Betty about, um, because she is the 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 brain behind that event, I think, in a lot of ways. And um axing an event that no longer serves its purpose makes room for more thought and work on an event that can just continue to grow and evolve and be everything that it can be. So Betty, the event in September is our women's event. It's uh our ninth annual. It's the New Jersey Women Business Leaders Forum. And you have been here for that event, like from the get-go, right? I showed up a year after you guys yeah, started. I have. I had only been here a couple of months, um, and the leadership at that time had been trying to work to pull an event together, and they didn't have the bandwidth, right? So it kind of got handed to me, and um, kind of reorganized the thoughts and put them together, and did our first Women Business Leaders Forum. Then um, it's much bigger now than it was then. It has significantly grown over the years, but um, we've had this overarching theme about um, building gender diversity and leadership and in the boardroom. And uh, the professional air to that event has uh, provided a unique space um, that has allowed us to be really successful uh, with the event. And it's allowed us to, I don't even, I'd like to go back and look at how many new partnerships and friendships um, you know, that we found along the way in these nine years, it's really, really been incredible. I, I would agree with you. And I would say that um, in addition to leadership in the boardroom, the event is for people who maybe don't have any interest in C-suite or leadership. They're just, you know, like me, middle manager, 
worker bee trying to like collect my shekels and do my good job and you know go home at night it's it's for people like me too who who care about the job they want to do better they want to learn they want to grow the professional development is no joke at this event it is so intense and so robust but the networking what you just said about how many new partnerships and friendships I was just in my mind thinking about all the names of the people that we met because of this event that we're still friends with. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's but amazing. I think about, um, so your point about how it, there's something for everybody. So I'm obviously later in my my career, right? I've had one before this. This is my second career. Um, but every year I go and I pick up something, you know, there's so much, there's so many professionals that do so little training or something for themselves each year and the um the professional um and and the soft skills that are reaffirmed or you know that you get reminded of in this event is um is really great and I know we've tried over the years to try and get more men to the event and uh and we've struggled with I've that been because- every single year <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you are our spokesperson there you go <laughs> so Vin, what do you think of the event I think it's fantastic. I think it's probably the biggest, most impressive thing we do all year. And I, I'm not just saying that because I work for BIA. I mean, it really <laughs> is. Like when you walk in there, you it's impressive. I mean, um, where are we having it this year? It was it's it's always in some really cool venue. Yeah. Um, it, it I I I don't want to like downplay the rest of the events we do by saying this, but <laughs> I, I walk in and I'm always like, wow, this is like one of those legit conferences you see on TV. <laughs> Yeah. So last year we sold out the ballroom at Caesars in Atlantic City. And here we're back north. We're going to be at the Newark Airport Marriott uh, Hotel, which is a beautiful space. Um, And it's really super easy to get to. It's kind of right mid-state. All roads lead to the airport. If you if you imagine the, the map of New Jersey. Um, so it's really easy to get to and it's beautiful. And I've been mm-hmm. doing events at the space for years and the same people work there year after year after year. So we've even been able to develop relationships with like the, the staff there and they take such good care of us. They're so good. Yeah. Um, was last year the one where Carrie Barrett did the keynote or was that the year before? It was the year before that was the, so, um, yeah, Somerset, that was at Somerset Hills. No. The palace, palace at Somerset. Thank you. The palace at Somerset Hill. Yeah. So shout out to Carrie Barrett. We love her on this show. She's been yeah. on the show a couple times now. But the reason I bring her up is because I think even in her keynote, she was mentioning how she had to kind of um, switch gears because she was like, I was really surprised at how many men there were in the audience. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say something about how there's only like two or three of you. And you're like, oh, I'm looking around and there's a lot of men in the room. So <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're there. You don't you don't yeah. even see us. We're there. <laughs> well, I don't know, Betty, correct me if I'm wrong, but the philosophy is that we recognize that we need men to help lift women up to um to the next level. So, it's not a male bashing conference. It is not in any way putting men down or putting them in their place. We recognize well, that it's a partnership. I think I mean I think a lot of the, the the tips that people give for, you know, bettering your career, yeah. you know, it's, it's very difficult to give, like, here's a tip for a woman to get, you know, better her career. Like I listen right. to a lot of this stuff and I'm like, yeah, I mean, this sounds just as applicable to a man and as a woman. So, I mean, yes, the, the focus of the event is the women business leaders forum, but 
it doesn't matter what role or what level in your career or what gender you are like tips for bettering yourself or tips for bettering yourself. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always think about the, um, the topics that we do around, you know, communication and difficult conversations. So I don't, I don't, you know, as a new employee of anywhere, I don't, I don't know that you can get through a whole year without having to have a difficult conversation about something, regardless of what level you're at, at an organization, you know, whether it's a job assignment or a coworker or, you know, maybe what's happening on outs on the outside that is somehow coming into the office and everybody's feeling that that negative energy about it. Um, there's we can all use help when it comes to you know communication and having difficult conversations. Um, so yeah, a lot of the topics really you know transcend not only levels, um, men and women, but just about any work environment that you would have. Hundred percent agree. In fact, I want to jump back to something that you said a few minutes ago. Um, you mentioned soft skills, and for anybody out there who's not sure what that means, do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between soft skills and hard skills? So I think hard skills are—I don't know—I think about them as technical abilities, you know, and soft skills are really how we get through the day, right? Yeah. And interact with our coworkers, um, interact with our clients, you know. So it's communications and negotiations and you know, not what you do, but how you do it. Totally. Yeah. And I think that it's so important to understand that the conference is a really good mix of both. So I think that soft skills are harder to teach and therefore more important. You, I can teach anybody how to use an Excel spreadsheet. I, I can't teach just anybody just to put it down to its most basic form, how to answer the phone with a smile as a receptionist so that the person on the other end feels welcomed, even though they don't know who you are. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah, the soft skills that are are covered by this conference are really incredible. And it's late September. Remind me the date, the 27th? 27th and 28th. So two days, okay. um, but not two full days. Um, we're, we start kind of in the middle of the day on the first day and finish about the same time the next day. The idea is that there's time to travel. There's time to um, check in with your kids if you're going to stay overnight and not be um, gone that long. There's time to check in on your email on both days. So it's, you know, we're not looking for a full two-day commitment, um, but there's going to be a really nice party than that night though. Kate, do you want to talk about the party? Because this was your idea. I do. I'm really excited about the party. I don't know how much energy I'll have to actually dance, but we're bringing in a DJ and we're going to have a bowl oh. full of socks. So <laughs> Vinny, I don't know if you've ever worn high heels, but I Just can't say that I have, but I it's it's on my to-do list. <laughs> we'll bring a pair for you. Thank yes. you. Just as an FYI, when you wear high heels all day long and then somebody like brings out a dance floor and a DJ, you're like, ooh, I'm not, mm, I don't know. So we're going to have a bowl of socks, pick off your shoes, put on these nice comfy socks, dance the night away. I say night away. We'll wrap it up probably by eight o'clock because the next morning. <laughs> Ain't no party like a BIA party because the BIA party stops promptly at eight o'clock so Kate can go to bed. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly my ul ulterior motive. I like to go to bed early and I'm not even going to lie about it, but we do have an early start the next day. And so just in case anybody wants to like get a drink at the bar and talk to a colleague about something that they learned that day or Check email one more time or really. Just I was just going to ask, do we have the, the open bar again this year? Because that's where I've done my best networking over the last nine <laughs> WBLFs. 
Well, I'm remembering last year I hung out with you that whole that that whole cocktail hour. So. And I made some awesome new friends at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So yes, right before the dance party is an open bar reception. Uh, I think I lost Kate. I think you're right. I think you lost Kate. You want to pick it up for her? I'm sure you know what she was going to say. <laughs> so right before we have a regular networking reception, which will include the, the open bar. Um, and uh, that's where most people will do the networking. Yeah. And then we'll, then we'll uh, go back to the, uh, to the dance party. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel bad. I'm just going to keep it rolling without Kate for now, whenever she pops <laughs> back in. Actually in the last episode, my power went out right in the middle of a conversation and uh she did it. So it, it's fine. Um, tell me about some of the breakouts we got going on. Some of the breakouts. So we've got some on networking. We've got something on returnship, which is new for us this year. And that's um, about people who leave, you know, the work environment for whatever reason. And there are many reasons that people do. Um, and then they, um, they come back and how hard it is and the difficult path for that. And, you know, whether there are things that with the shortage of uh, workers in all spaces right now, whether there are things businesses can do to help bring people back um, and even for coworkers. So in that space, or if you're the person returning, you know, how do we make that, that change easier? Um, so, you know, when people leave the workforce for all kinds of reasons right now. So um, returnship is new. Um, so some of the other panels, we've got um, one on improving your professional presence. So we talk about, you know, um, how people have gone in and out of the, um, the workforce. Uh, things have changed, right? The way we dress for work, I think, has, has significantly changed. But it, it's not just being at work. It's being on a Zoom. So that's what that panel is going to talk about. We've got another panel on um, manu women in manufacturing. So there are more women there than there ever has been, but there's still quite a stigma. The same way it, it revolves around uh, women who are plumbers or, you know, women who are um, metal workers or something, you know, the growth of women in manufacturing is uh, significant. And the, the piece that we don't want to lose there is the opportunity is really significant. So if you're looking for a niche or, you know, you're not happy where you are, there's incredible opportunities for women in that space. Um, talking about, I think we talked earlier about, you know, difficult conversations, um, salary negotiations and pay equity. So who of us doesn't want to raise, um, many of us are a little, uh, hesitant to advocate for ourselves or even know where to go to figure out how much should I be making? So there's yeah. a panel on, on salary negotiations. Um, and, um, secret uh, benefits to building a strong network. So we talked earlier, so I'm a scientist that most characteristically means I'm also an introvert. Um, I had to learn to- Unite, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, I had to learn to network. Networking is, um, it's a skill you need to build. It's for some people, it comes really naturally. Uh, for others, networking is, is a learned skill. Um, you know, just use tips on and everything, but yeah, it, it's hard. Um, but the importance of doing that is, uh, is significant in a lot of ways. So why you need to build a strong network and why you need to network is, is one of the panels this year as well. Cool. Kate, while we have you back, your, your power and internet have been in and out. Um, 
Sorry about that. Can you tell us about some of the speakers we had? No, 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 no big deal. I, I lost power in the last episode. Um, That's true. Can you tell us about uh, some of the speakers we have this year? Absolutely. So the speakers are always a mix of returning favorites and new faces. Um, so some of the uh, the returning favorites are, um, let's see, Sally Jo O'Brien is back again. Uh, Queen Stewart spoke at the uh, the Women's Council and she did such a great job. We invited her. Megan Pitts from uh, Bristol Meyer is speaking again. Uh, let's see. Ginny Hill always does the Girl Scouts champagne toast. She's amazing. She's on the absolutely, um, absolutely. She's on the, the the confidence panel this year, which is perfect. Two-time guest on this show, actually one only a couple episodes ago. So that's yeah. exactly right. Uh Constantina Mace. Mice. Oh gosh, I'm gonna mess up her last name. I apologize, Constantina. With NJMEP. Last year they put together a panel specifically for women in manufacturing, and it was standing room only. So she's doing that for us again this year. We're excited about that. Let's see, Audible is doing a whole panel this year on something called Returnship. Vinny, have you ever heard of Returnship? No. No. It's, think of the word internship. So it's for people who left the workforce during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Betty was just talking about this while you are gone. I'm sorry. (laughs) You lie then. No. Yes. I didn't, I didn't, now I know the term, Returnship. There we go. Returnship, yeah. So they have created, um, specifically for themselves, it's a technology course to get women mainly uh, through some additional, you know, professional development. And then they're hired into the company um, to return to work. It's just a fantastic program. And I want to say that um, of the number of people who've gone through it, like 10 or 20% have been promoted into um, leadership positions at the company, which is just phenomenal. Um, we have a consultant back again, Shell Bobev. She specializes in um, pay disparities, and she is going to be speaking on that panel again this year, which is awesome. So it is just a really amazing mix of, like I said, uh, returning favorites and new faces. We're thrilled. We're thrilled. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come right back, we're going to play a game. All right. Welcome back. It is now time for our lightning round, which today is brought to us by RWJ Barnabas. Thank you, RWJ Barnabas. Betty, are you ready? I think so. (laughs) All right. Favorite pizza topping? Sausage. Okay, that's a good one. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, somebody will say something like green peppers. I'm like, no, don't know. That's green peppers is actually not that bad. Um, (laughs) Our former IT director, Gene Tom, actually turned me on to green peppers and sausage as a combination. I like that. it works. It really does. It's when you start talking about like onions and mushrooms and all of that yeah. stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> it's like garbage pizza to me. I don't like exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Greatest TV show ever made. Uh, mash. <gasps> mash. That is that is the first. You know, like um, oh, what is it? Like when they when they do the Olympics and they're like, this is the first medal for Mash. You know. <laughs> This is the first time somebody has listed MASH as the great show. That's All a right. Great show. Oh, gosh. Now I want to reminisce about MASH. Remember that first season when Henry, oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Somebody dies at the end of the first season, and it was so traumatic for the oh. audience that they vowed they would never kill off any character again. Yep. Yeah. I, can I did you- not kill off characters in a show about the Vietnam War. 
I mean, <laughs> imagine if somebody from Lost was like, okay, sorry about that. We're never going to kill off another main character again. But the backlash was so big. It, wow. they, they made a promise to the world. <laughs> it's one of those two shows that no matter when I run across it, I'll just watch it. It doesn't yep. matter what episode it is. I'm always happy to watch MASH. I, uh, I saw the movie. I've never seen the show. So oh, yeah. you should. Yeah. It's really the movie came up. It was like I was working through a list of like the funniest movies ever, and that was on there. So yeah, I checked it out for that. The movie's great, but the show is so good. Mm-hmm. All right, so good. All right. All right. Uh, what is the most daring thing you've ever done? <laughs> oh, I think I know the, the most answer. daring thing I've ever done. Yeah, and um, if you don't have, if you can think of it, I know what it is. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. There, I, so, I did sneak into the back part of the, what was it? Was it, It's not the New York Aquarium. Oh my goodness. Snuck into the New York Aquarium. <laughs> well, so there was a gate that was kind of open and we kind of like went in there and started petting the blue whales. Oh God. That's amazing. That is really amazing. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? Is that what no. you were? No. no. All right. So now I want to hear what, what Kate thought say? the most daring thing. So this Betty, is like a double. Like, I know. Right. So when she was in college, I think oh. just got a job, took a job on a fishing boat a and fishing like boat, went out yeah. into the middle of the ocean with a crew of all men Ooh. and worked her tail off from sun up to sunset, stunk a fish for months, made good money. Like I would. That is just such a ball. She was a marine biologist. That's not daring. That's your job. You know, it's funny. You talk about daring, and I'm like, well, that was a job. Does that count? Yes, it does. It does. I could have done, not work. I don't know. I feel like you were so brave to do that. I don't know if I would have done that. That was crazy. Brave or dumb. I don't know. Well, (laughs) I moved to New Jersey when I was 20. So, who am I to say? That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Favorite restaurant in New Jersey. Metro Grill and Ewing. Oh, like our go-to one. place. Very nice. What do they serve? I've never been there. Yeah. It's it's an Italian theme, but a little bit of everything. You can get everything from a bar pie to a really fabulous pasta dish. So, mm. and the martinis are great. So. Awesome. <laughs> that, that help. The bartenders are amazing. The servers are amazing, but you know, I, I think everybody tries to has that that one restaurant that's close to their house that they know they can go to and be comfortable and always get a good meal. That's my restaurant for us. While I was on vacation, mine closed. <gasps> oh my God. No, no notice. I, I got like a text message from somebody and they had like a sign in the door like, thank you for the memories. <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh man. And you live in the middle of nowhere, Vince. So. Right. That's what makes it worse. That's painful. That's really <laughs> was it one of the little ones on the main street there? Or? No, there was a place not far from my house called the Bagel Barn. And like when I say that the Bagel <laughs> Barn was like a thing, it was just because it was one of the only two or three restaurants in the entire town. <laughs> and um, yeah, they closed down while I was gone. I I, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. so good. I'm so, so good. Sorry. I'm sorry yeah. for your loss. Um, okay, farthest from New Jersey you've ever been? Uh, Cyprus, Greece. Ooh, that was cool. Cyprus is a, a an island off of Greece, right? Yeah, yep. Oh, you're yeah. on vacation? Yeah, for a week vacation. Um, we're looking for some place to go and 
had like dialed into one of those vacation clubs and she's like, oh, I've got this new place, you know, in Cyprus, that would be great. Literally new like place. Pulling, <laughs> yeah, but we're literally pulling up the map going, I don't know where Cyprus is, but it sounds really good. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Uh, morning person or night owl? I have to say night owl, but these days night owl is until 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's my kind I mean, of night owl. Oh, okay. So I, I see what you're saying. And then it falls off a cliff. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say, like, I wish, I wish we could record this show at like midnight. Like it would just be, yeah, right. I know Kate can't do it. Kate goes to bed at like eight, but like yeah. the level at which I would be on <laughs> at like 11 or midnight. <laughs> I would just love to see it because, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe someday we can experiment with that. Like maybe we could do it at 10 o'clock and I could like really push myself. And you would the have The problem to- is you'd never get a guest that would be willing to film at 10 Oh, no, that's true. You're right. No, um, I, I've been talking about it for years. Like I've, I've always said like we should do it at WBLF one year, like after the networking thing is over and we're like good and like half drunk. Like you get a camera together. And record OPB after dark. (laughs) Nobody ever says yes. That's the thing. Oh, you know, I think we'd have to get approval from some people to do that. Sure, sure. But, you know, (laughs) would all work out, I promise. All right, what's the next question? All right, last question is always the same. How many cats is too many cats? Three. Okay. Great answer. There you go. <laughs> That's a great answer. I, I'm going to take that as you knew how it would impact me if you said what most people say. I'm just going to let you know that most people who come on this show say one cat is yeah, two I cats. Like, yeah, like, I do like you might be one out. of two people who have not said one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just feel like animals need a companion. I get that you're their companion, Kate. They're not each other's companion, but I still yeah. believe, you know, every animal needs a companion. So you know, you always need animals in pairs. I'm back to Noah. So where does the third one come in? <laughs> third is three much. is at the point where it's too, three much. Is too I much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. That's and fair. I think, I think I kind of agree with that. I mean, I have had in my life, there was a point where I had four cats and there was a point where I had eight cats and four were outside and four were inside. And I wasn't going to let you get away with that, by the way, when you were like, there was a point where I had four, I was going to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you had more than that. <laughs> They, they were expensive as uh, oh they were expensive just the food alone stupid expensive I'll never do that again not that yeah. it was really my decision I was living with somebody who really wanted to take care of the cats and I was like oh whatever fine mm. fine save the cats whatever huh? fine twist my arm <laughs> <laughs> all right that was the lightning round which today was brought to us by RWJ Barnabas thank you so much and thank you Betty absolutely Betty is there anything else coming up you want to promote um, maybe not something else coming up, but something that's relatively a new addition. So I said, we're, you know, sure. not the BIA that we were nine years ago. We have a great new service that we continually enhance, and that's our, our HR portal. So it's Mineral, um, and it is available to all of our members. They just need to log in, and some of them might need to create a new password um, because they haven't logged in in some time. But it's everything HR that a business might need. And so whether you're an HR manager or you're someone who does HR for the company or um, even employees who are looking for training, there is based training on cybersecurity and OSHA and um, soft skills and, um, you know, anything that your regular employees might need uh, to enhance themselves. So um, any business that's a member can log in 
any of their employees can get a login and take the training, but it's all kinds of templates and notifications, um, information on laws, anything that that you might need to, to do HR or practice HR at, at business. And um, again, it's available to everybody now. And um, we've getting, gotten a lot of great comments from our members and how helpful it's been. So I would encourage anybody who's watching to log in and see what the uh, the HR services are because they're njbia.org. That's right, njbia.org. So Betty, if, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to chime in because this is such a cool product. Most small businesses know just enough to be dangerous. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's the owner and then there's the person who cuts the checks who becomes the default HR person. And that person rarely has an HR degree or HR professional development as part of their, their yearly um, growth process. This HR product is amazing for businesses that are just in need of that little extra, like they have a template for everything, like literally a template to hire somebody to send somebody on um, FMLA to, to, to fire somebody. There's a template for everything. It is so robust. It is much more robust than I ever thought it could be. It's fantastic. Just wanted to jump in there and say that. Sorry. All right. So that sounds cool. Betty, if um, somebody wants to take advantage of um, some of our partnership opportunities or maybe learn more about events, how could they get a hold of you? How could they learn about that stuff? So, um, Anytime you want anything from us, first of all, write to the website, www.njbia.org. Um, you can find events there. You can find partnerships. Um, I'm on the website, um, but my um, email address is bboros. It's B-B-O-R-O-S at njbia.org. Um, I'm easy to find in the, uh, the member directory too, but if you want to call me directly, um, I'm at 609-858-9496 here at BIA. And I pick up the general line too. So if you just call BIA at the general number and, you know, somebody picks up the phone, chances are it might be me. Awesome. Fantastic. So I think that that is our show. Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, big thanks to Betty Boris, Chief Member Strategy Officer here at NJBIA. Couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much for the support and the time and the help and all the things. Thank you both. It was fun. Always, always. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.